0: Praise God. And fear came on all that dwelt round about them. And all these sayings were noised abroad throughout all the hill country of Judea. And all they that heard them laid them up in their hearts, saying, What manner of child shall this be? And the hand of the Lord was with him. And his father Zacharias was filled with the Holy Ghost and prophesied, saying, Blessed be the Lord God of Israel, for he hath visited and redeemed his people in holiness and righteousness before Him all the days of our life. And thou, child, shalt be called a prophet of the highest, for thou shalt bego before the face of the Lord to prepare His ways, to give knowledge of salvation unto His people by the remission of their sins, Though the tender, through the tender mercy of our God, whereby the day's spring from on high hath visited us, to give light to them, that sit in darkness and in the shadow of death to guide our feet into the way of peace, and the child grew and waxed strong in spirit and was in the deserts till the day of his showing unto Israel. Now we have read a lengthy passage this morning. Luke chapter one is the longest chapter in the Gospel of Luke, consisting of eighty verses, and the the text, the portion that we have read this morning accounts to us the birth of John the Baptist. We note some things by way of introduction this morning. First of all, in verse number 57, we note the newborn in our text. The Bible said that Elizabeth full time came, that she should be delivered, and she brought forth a son. We've got to remind ourselves, we're not careful, we've been in this chapter for the last few weeks, that this is a miracle child in Zacharias and Elizabeth's life. They are up in years. They have served God faithfully. Zacharias is a priest. They have served the Lord faithfully uh, there in the temple. Uh, but just because you serve God faithfully doesn't mean you'll always have what you want to have. Case in point, Zacharias and Elizabeth, they wanted a son. They wanted a child. But the Bible teaches us that Elizabeth was barren. Uh, But through a series of miraculous events, God uh, sent the angel Gabriel by their house and informed them that God would bless their home with a little boy. In fact, it wouldn't just be a little boy, but he would be the forerunner of Jesus Christ. And he was named all the way back in the earlier part of our chapter. It was prophesied that his name would be John. John's name means joy. God worked a miracle. There is the newborn in verse 57. But then in verse 58, there are the neighbors. The Bible said, And her neighbors and her cousins heard how the Lord had showed great mercy upon her, and they rejoiced with her. You know what I love about that? That verse said that her neighbors, her cousins, her families, other people could look at Elizabeth's life and see the mercy of God that was shown upon her. I don't know about you this morning, but can anybody see the mercy of God active in your life? I'll be honest with you, all of us this morning, I deserve to be in hell for all eternity because of who we are and what we are. All but this morning we're saved by grace and we're in the house of God. You know what, people that knew us before, you know what they can say? They see the mercy of God in our lives. I understand the context here is not necessarily talking about salvation, God having mercy on Elizabeth, blessing her with a son. But I'll say it this way, God's mercy. Mercy is so great and God's mercy is so grand that others could see that God had been merciful to Zacharias and Elizabeth. These neighbors came and they not only saw the mercy, but they began to rejoice with Elizabeth. Hey, you need people... You need people to praise God with you and thank God with you. Here's what we preached on on Wednesday night. Oh, magnify the Lord with me and let us exalt his name together. Church is not supposed to be a spectator event, it's not supposed to be something that we come to and just watch. But we're to come together with the common purpose and the common desire to exalt the Lord, to worship the Lord, to sing unto the Lord, to read the word of the Lord, to hear the word of the Lord preached we are to come together for that purpose this morning so there's the newborn in verse 57 the neighbors in verse 58 but then the naming in verse 59 and 60 and it came to pass that on the eighth day they came to circumcise the child and they call him Zacharias after the name of his father and his mother answered and said not so but he shall be called John now I don't know if you notice that something interesting in this text I don't know how many of you mamas would appreciate this. I know my wife wouldn't appreciate this. But the neighbors came and the family came and, and all the people down there at the church came and they began to call the baby Zacharias. They named the baby for Zacharias and Elizabeth. How many of you mamas would appreciate that? That's what I thought. My wife, my wife and we was naming our children, we named our children named that. You don't hear, you know, much. Then you didn't hear much. Now there's a bunch of Daxons. Uh, there is actually another Seitler we have found out. We thought we had a premium on that name, but there's another little boy named Seitler. And and now there's another little girl we know of who's named Judah. And so that my wife wants to change our kids' names now. She wants them. I'm like, name Mephibosheth. Nobody's named Mephibosheth, you know. I mean, nobody would get that one. Uh, but I know you mamas, you, you are particular about that name. You're particular. Uh, you want it to be unique to them. So can you imagine how Elizabeth must have felt when all her friends down there at the Church and all her family down there said, "Look at little baby Zacharias." You know what she said? No, his name's John. Why? Now Elizabeth didn't name him; the angel named him. The angel said his name would be Zacharias. There's the negativity in verse number sixty-one, and they said unto her, "There is none of thy kindred that is called by this name." You know what they're saying? Ain't nobody in your family named John. I would say all the more reason to name him John. You know, we, when, we was, when we was expecting Daxon, we thought about, you know, one of the names we thought about was naming Daxon after my dad and her dad, Wade Allen Montgomery, but his initials would be Wham. <laughs> if it had been Joshua Allen, it had been Jam. Of course, Wade knew a fella whose name was Jam up, so we decided not to go that direction. But my point this morning is, they said, ain't nobody in your family named John. Why would you want to name him John? They were, being na- they were saying, that don't make sense. Why would you want to? put? Stay with me. Why would you want to name him John? That don't make sense at all. There's Notice in verse 62 and verse 63, and this is my thought, the necessity. Look at verse 62. And they made signs to his father how he would have him called. And he asked for a writing table. Remember, Zacharias is dumb. He can't talk because he didn't believe, so he's not able to speak. And so they bring him an iPad. No, they bring him a table, not a tablet, okay? They bring him a writing table. And he gets it's probably made out of wax. And he writes on there, and he wrote saying, His name is John. His name is that that little word is means it wasn't open for discussion. For the choice was already made by the God of heaven. One writer said the expression his name is points to a higher authority which so has determined it. Here's what Zacharias was writing. He said, I didn't name him. God put that name on him. The angel. His name is John. Here's my point this morning. Stay with me and I hope I can bring this full circle. Zacharias and Elizabeth knew no, that angel had came. That angel had came to Zacharias and Elizabeth and told them that John was going to be a special child. He was going to be a special baby. He had a special purpose and that his name would be called John. That angel told them that God had a will. God had a plan. God had a purpose for that little boy's life. His name would be called John. So watch what Zacharias and Elizabeth did not do. Listen to me carefully. They did not allow outside influences to change the will of God for their son's life. They did not allow people who were not in their home, not in their immediate family. They didn't even allow people down there at the church When they said, well, it don't make sense, why would you name him John? Well, that don't make any sense. That's not logical. They did not allow outside influences to stop them from pointing their son in the direction for the will of God for his life. His name is John. That's what Zacharias was adamant about. Can I make a statement this morning? God has a plan for our children's lives. God has a will for their lives. How many of you agree with this this morning? Let's have some church participation. I hate to wake some of you up, but let's participate a little bit. How many believe it is God's will for all these children to be saved? Amen. You need to say amen or raise your hand. One of the others, is It both counts on the boat. How many believe it's the will of God for not only to be saved, but for them to be in church? Amen. How many believe it's the will of God for us to teach them the Bible? Amen. How many think it's the will of God for them to live a life sanctified and separated to God? We will all say amen to that. And we all believe that. Then why are we so guilty of allowing outside worldly influences to say, well, are you really going to take your children to church? Are you really going to raise them to live for God? Why would you you take them to Sunday school? Why would you take them to revival meeting? Why would you make sure they're in church Sunday morning, uh, Sunday night and Wednesday night. I'm telling you, you're going to hear that from people uh, from outside influences. You might even hear that from people uh, that are family. Yes, they may mean well. Yes, they may love you. I'm not questioning that this morning, but they don't understand uh, that God has a special plan. Uh, God has a special design. Uh, God has a will for your children and we don't need to let outside influences mess up God's will for our children lives the world's telling our children what they ought to be the world's telling our children that you don't have to be a boy or a girl you can be a cat you can be a lizard you can be a dog you can be this you can be that you can be whatever you want to be but God has a plan God has a will for their life and it's our jobs as parents to make sure we push out those outside influences and push those things back and say no his name is John what I want to preach on this morning. His name is John. What are you going to do when those outside influences come? And they say, I mean, you don't let your kids go there? There ain't nothing wrong with that. You ain't going to let your kid play ball on Sunday? I mean, it's just recreation. It's good fun. I mean, you're not not going to come to the family union on Sunday morning. Don't you think that's important? You're going to go to church. You think you love church more than you love your family. That's your problem. Some of you are going to hear that. Some of you have heard that. Well, you're just loving people down there at church. You're more loyal to them than you are to your family. You're just a cult down there. Come on now. Somebody help me. But the natural man receiveth not the things of God. They don't get it. And they're not going to get it, Brother Jane. They don't understand that. I don't mean that. Well, I don't mean, believe we ought to be rude or be unkind, but I think we ought to be like Zacharias. First of all, number one this morning, he was adamant in his stand. He said in our text, his name is John. I'm going to tell you. There's going to be outside influences that's going to try to corrupt your children, direct your children a different direction, trying to take them away from the will of God and the plan of God for their life. And you better be adamant in your stand. You better stand with purpose. I note in verse sixty three and verse sixty four the father's passion. You know what he said? He wrote for that. He asked for that table, and he wrote on that table saying, "His name is John." Verse sixty four, and his mouth was open immediately, and his tongue loose, and he spake and praised God. You know what Zacharias was? He was passionate about the things of God, and he stood for right, and he stood for right for the sake of his children. Hey, may God give us some parents. Oh, may God give us some homes with some parents that will take a stand, take a biblical stand, take a spiritual stand uh, for the things of God and say, no, I'm not going to allow my children uh, to be taught that we came from monkeys. I'm not going to allow my children to be taught that there's 37 genders. I'm not going to allow my children to be taught to they don't have to go to church that it's an option. No, His name is John. Amen. Amen. Take an adamant stand. Hey, we ought to take a stand against sin this morning. Amen. You ought to teach your children that alcohol is a sin. You right. ought to teach them that. You to, you to, whenever you see it in the store, whenever you ever see it in the rest, you ought to make sure they know that is wicked. That is wrong. Oh, we don't do that. We don't participate in that. Oh, that Why? Because you better start at an early age and take a stand against sin. Yeah. Right. Better take that adamant stand. Well, I don't think it's a big deal. You'll think it's a big deal when they're a sock drunk. Amen. He was Adam, in his stand, the Father's passion. But then, not only notice the Father's passion, but notice the fear of the people. Verse 65, the Bible said, And fear came on all that dwelt round about them, and all these things were noised abroad, abroad throughout the hill country of Judea. That, that word fear gives the idea of reverence. In other words, these people saw of the passion that Zacharias and Elizabeth had for their son following God, and they respected it. Now, you can't expect that in 2023. You're living in a woke society. Congratulations, that's where we're at. And they're not going to understand that. They're not going to comprehend that. But they don't really have to. It's really not their business if they understand or not. By the way, I want to remind you and remind us all this morning that those children do not belong to the government. Those children belong to you. That man ran for governor in Virginia a few years ago and said it's the parents' business what we teach them in school. It is the parents' business. I'm telling you this morning, we need to be adamant in our stand. Have some passion about it. I'm not talking about being rude. I'm not talking about picking in. I'm not talking about uh, acting goofy. But I'm talking about being bold as a lion and standing for truth and saying my children are worth it. My family's worth it. God gave me my family. God gave me my children. And I'm going to stand where they respect it, where they understand it, where they agree with it. Hey, you're going to deal with it in your family too. Some of Zacharias' family and Elizabeth's family is in this text. Why would you name him John? Ain't nobody in our family named John. Are, are, are you hearing me this morning? The fear of the people. Then notice the future was what that was prospective or prospective. Verse sixty-six. And all they that heard them laid them up in their hearts, saying, "What manner of child shall this be?" You know what they said? This boy. Way Zacharias and Elizabeth treating him. Oh, I, I want to see how he's going to turn out. What manner shall this child be? They noted. Here's what I want us to see this morning. They noted that Zacharias and Elizabeth was serious about raising their son to live for God. God did not give you children to raise millionaire ball players. God did not give you children to raise millionaire uh, millionaire people that would waste their lives. And there's nothing wrong with having rich. We taught that in Sunday school. But there's so many people, they they push sports on their kids, hoping that when their kid makes it big, that mom and dad won't have to work no more. That is a lazy parent. Just because they wasn't good enough to make it. Just because they didn't have the talent enough to make it in the pros, they want junior to make it, so they ain't got to work. That's a lazy parent my amen they they and they push that stuff on their kid i say it all the time your your kid ain't gonna make it my kid ain't gonna make it amen i, I mean as much as i hate it if so i say well they can dream this ain't disney world okay this ain't wish upon a star you can be whatever you want to be okay this is life reality ronald acuna is not from china Grove. somebody help me all right but what I am, and there's nothing wrong with them playing ball and playing sports. But there's so many parents, they push these things, and they're serious about ball, and they're serious about school, and you all to be, have a good education. Don't get me wrong, but they're serious about all these things, but they won't get them to Sunday school, and they won't get them to preaching, and they won't get them to, to revival meeting, and they won't read the Bible, and they won't pray with their children. That is hypocrisy, and that's bad parenting. If your kid makes it to the major leagues and dies to go, and goes to hell, what did they profit the whole, a man if he gains the whole world and loses his own soul? What profit is that? The future was perspective. And I know parents don't like to hear, dads don't like to hear that. I make so many dads mad in the barbershop. It's pitiful. But I just tell them, you're not. Your kid hits the ball and runs the third <laughs> without stopping at first. I'm just telling you. It, the, the favor that was pronounced, verse 66, and the hand of the Lord was with him. What made the difference in John's life? God was with him. What's going to make the difference in our children's life? The hand of God. But parents, parents are so, so, and th- making their, look, and I've and I got to be careful how I say this because I don't want to be misunderstood. I don't want my kids to be bums. But so many parents want their children to be successful and not spiritual. You can be both, by the way. Joshua 1 8, the only time the word success is used in the Bible, is in relation to be obedient to that book. This book of law shall not depart out of thy mouth. He said and he said, and therein thou shalt have good success. But parents want their kids to be successful, but don't want them to be spiritual. God help us. Can we bring it down where we're at? Time out. Everybody looking at the preacher? We want to send out missionaries, but not our kids. We want to put we don't mind, we don't mind these other families putting their grandbabies on an airplane, but not mine. Talk to me now. We don't mind these other preachers uh, putting their family and going to a third world country. We don't mind Justin Solder doing that in Zambia. We don't mind uh, these other preachers doing that. We don't mind that, but not mine. Come on now. Talk to me. He was adamant. Then, I've got so much here, and I'm just trying to, I'm trying to be discerning where I need to go. But your kids' spirituality, spirituality, their salvation, their spirituality ought to be the number one prayer request in your life. Can I help us this morning? It ain't enough that your kids would just get saved. Did you hear me? That ain't enough for me. It ain't enough for me that they go to church occasionally. That ain't what I'm shooting for, Brother Gene. That ain't what I'm I know when they get older, Brother Eric, I know they make their own decisions. I get that. But I am aiming for something more than just a casual Christianity. Amen. I'm aiming more for that. I want to aim higher than that. Are you all hearing me or you all just looking at me like a wooden Indian? I want to aim higher than that. You just want your kids to make $200,000 a year? Or do you want to live for God? I'm not saying they can't make that and live for God, but I'm saying we put so much emphasis on the physical that we never invest in the spiritual. It starts at Sunday school. It does. It starts getting them to the house of God, getting them in church, getting them involved. Amen. That's where it starts. And I know it's difficult. I know it's hard. I don't know as much as what you mamas do or my wife does, but I know it's difficult. But it's right. It's right. So many parents. So many and I you ain't gonna find somebody that loves ball more than I do. Alright, I told my wife, the game came on yesterday, I'm like, alright, if they was going to die or get saved, they should have done it on Friday, okay? Let me watch this game. Sunday's coming. I like ball. I enjoy it, okay? Ain't nothing wrong with that. But I'm telling you, in the average in America, you could throw a ball in the hell and half the country would jump in after it. And half of them would be members of Independent Baptist Churches. That's just where we're at. And I, and I don't get it. Travel ball and, and taking these kids all over the country and major leagues don't even play that much. These are just kids, and, and and ruining lives and medical issues because these coaches are too potbelly to know what they're doing. They couldn't make it, but they know all about it. And ru- and what they're doing, they're putting these kids and they're putting all this and putting all these dreams and all these ambitions. And when they don't make it, they don't have a life because mom and dad's kept them at ball fields on Sundays their whole life. I know we ain't got no travel ballers in here, but I'm just saying the principle is what do you put in front of your kids that's more important than church? Is it a ball field? Is it a career? Is it whatever it is? Whatever you put in front of your children, it's an idol. He needs to be adamant in his stand. I'll give you the outline for, for, for the sake of continuity. He was not only adamant in his stand. He was appreciative to the Savior. Verse, and I ain't going to preach all these verses. I've got an outline. Verses 67 through 75. You know what Zacharias begins to do in these verses? He begins to praise and worship God. Now, remember, God loosed his tongue. So Brother Richie, in this text, it's the first time that, that little baby John has heard his daddy's voice. You know what he heard? The first thing he heard his daddy doing was praising God. And you're not deaf or dumb. Has your children ever heard you praise God? They ever heard you testify? They ever heard they ever seen you in an altar? They ever heard you say amen? They ever have they ever heard your salvation testimony? He was, if you're taking notes, he was spirit filled in verse sixty seven. He was sovereignly focused in verse sixty eight. He salvation was foretold, verse 69 through 71. I'm not preaching these. I, just, I don't feel the burden. And he stated a fact, verse 72 through 75. What was he doing in those verses? He was stating that God's Word is true, that you can take God at His Word. But here's what I want to get to, and I'm done. Number three, he was not only Adam in his stand, he was a appreciative to the Savior, but he was an asset to his son. Verse 76 through 80. Now don't miss this you will either be an asset and a blessing to your children's spirituality or a hindrance to your children's spirituality. Now, I missed this reading this week, and I, go, I went back and I, I saw it. Verse 76, there's personal preparation. In verses 67 through, through 75, he's testifying, his worship. But watch verse 76, look at these two words. And thou, look at the next word, child. John's eight days old. They took him to the temple to get circumcised. Zacharias has praised God. And then he looks at that little boy. And thou, child, shall be called the prophet of the highest. For thou shalt go before the face of the Lord to repair his ways. He's eight days old. He, I mean, he's not in Goo, Goo and Gaga yet. He's eight days old. But watch what Zacharias did. He didn't wait to start investing in his child. He started at an early age telling him, God's got plans for your life. God's got a will for your life. It reminds me of what Timothy Paul said to Timothy, and that from a child that has known the holy scriptures, which are able to make thee wise unto salvation. It's never too early to start training and teaching your children about the things of God. It's never too early. Well, they're so sweet and innocent. I know they're not comprehending it. No, they're not comprehending it yet. But I guarantee you that wasn't the last time Zacharias made that speech to John. I think over and over again and remind him, You're going to be the prophet of the house. You're going to go before the Lord. You're going to prepare the way of the Lord. You're, God's got a plan for you, John. God's got a will for you, John. God's got a desire for you, John. Don't you forget that, John. Don't you forget that. Personal preparation. It is not my job to keep your kids out of hell. It's your job I'm here to preach the Word of God I'm here to declare the truth but if you don't ever live it out at home if you don't ever personally invest in your children at home then you come in here and me trying to put 30 minutes of service in them and the Word of God it is not it is not gonna counterreact. he looked at John as a little baby and said John you're gonna be the prophet of the highest you're gonna prepare the way of the Lord personal preparation a plain purpose, verse seventy seven through seventy nine, to give knowledge of salvation to his people by the remission of their sins, through the tender mercy of our God, whereby the day spring from on high visit us to give light to them that sit in darkness and in the shadow of death to guide our feet into the way of peace. There's a lot of preaching in these verses, but here's what I want to say. God was going to let this message of salvation be declared. And who was going to do it? That little eight day old boy. That Zacharias is holding in his arms said, you're going to be the prophet of the highest. You're going to prepare the way of the Lord. God's got big plans for you, John. God's got a plan for you. Are y'all getting hold of this? God's got a plan for your life, John. God's got a plan. God's got a will. God's got a purpose. He laid it out. He laid it out before him. I want all my children to know I don't I don't care if you make a million dollars. I don't care if you're if you're well known in society, but I'll tell you what I want as a parent is my children to be saved and be in church and live for God. And by the way, and be in this kind of church, somebody say amen right there. I don't I ain't raising my kids to be Southern Baptists. Or be contemporary. Amen. 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 I'm raising them to be old timey Holy Ghost Bible believing Baptists, Amen and and by the way that that, that's the truth that's right i ain't aiming low some parents are aiming so low the old ancient proverb is he that aims at nothing hits it every time i'm aiming high i've got high expectations for my children you can aim at the ground if you want to but i want my children to be in church and live for god and walk with god and they may not But I don't want it to be because I wasn't trying to be an asset to them and I wasn't trying to teach them truth and trying to be a blessing and a benefit to their life. A plain purpose, personal preparation. But here's the last thing, and I'm done. A practice patience. Verse 80. The child grew and waxed strong in spirit and was in the deserts till the day of his showing unto Israel. What is this? Well, there is development in this verse. The child grew and waxed strong in spirit. John Phillips in his commentary said that little phrase development not only means physically mentally but it also means spiritually with John being a son of a priest that means John was being trained in the temple where did Zacharias raise John at he raised him in the temple and then we see the deserts in this verse the bible said he was in the deserts till the day of his showing unto Israel I believe that speaks of the separation he kept, his, he kept boy, his boy out of the world. Why? Because he put something in him. I know this is a different message this morning. I know it's a Christmas text, but it's really not a Christmas message. But I'll tell you, I'll tell you this this morning. You make up your mind that you're going to try to raise a family to live for God. We've got a lot of young families here trying to raise a family. And boy, I thank God for that. And we got a lot of grandparents that have great influence in their grandchildren's life, and I thank God for that and other aspects of this. I'm gonna tell you, you if you make up your mind you're gonna to try to raise a godly family, be ready for the outside negativity. Be ready for it. Some of you parents already raised your head, you're nodding your head, you know, y'all gonna to go to church again tonight, Sunday night. Don't he know family time's important? Don't don't he know this? Some of you know what I'm talking about. You're just, you're just putting them kids ain't amazing ain't, and Come on Brother Matthew, I'm done But ain't amazing That crowd, Brother Travis They, they criticize They criticize the family being faithful to church But they know where we're going to be And if they really wanted to see us We got plenty of room <laughs> We got plenty of room This ain't a members only club <laughs> You know what They don't want to spend time They just want you, they're just convicted by the way you live your life and the way you're raising your family, and so they're convicted by that, and so they just want to drag you down. It's the truth. If they really wanted to see your kids, if they really wanted to see your family, if they really want to have a part in your life, they know where you're at. Sunday morning, Sunday night, Wednesday night. I'm not saying you don't go see your family, you ought to. But don't put, don't put family, don't put ball, don't put work, don't put anything before the things of God. Because every time we do that, we're teaching our children that's more important than Jesus. We ought to stand as parents today and say, His name's John. I don't care what you say on the outside, I don't care what the outside influence said, by the grace of God, we're raising our children to live for God. As we stand this morning, I appreciate your attention. Zacharias made up his mind that he wanted to raise his son to live for God. His name is John.